Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth. Hello, Stephen. How are you today? I'm doing great, Paul. Looking forward to this uh, continuing our conversation today with uh, David Roselle. Absolutely. The last episode was great. If you haven't heard it already, go back and listen to the episode preceding this one as well and all the other episodes. But uh, let's not hold this up any longer. Let's get going with David here today. Absolutely. Uh, uh, David, it's good to have you back here for uh, another episode. Appreciate you joining us for uh, back-to-back episodes. Oh, thank you, Stephen and Paul. Great to be back on your show. Um, this is uh, We're talking to David Roselle. He's a financial advisor actually in Bend, Oregon. Um, he wrote a book called Failure is Not an Option, and that's what we've been, uh, that's what we talked about last episode and more on this one. If you want more information on David, I'll just mention it now. He has a website, davidroselle.com, and Roselle is R-O-S-E-L-L.com. I was fascinated by this book, you know, as a financial planner, and, and Paul just mentioned a second ago that if you did not listen to the previous podcast with uh, David, I would go back and listen to that one first. That one, we really took a a really an overview of the book. It was more philosophical. It was more about, you know, retirement planning and preparing in general. Um, a lot of great stories and just uh, in really the way to, to think about uh, a lot of topics related to preparing for and finishing life, you know, with for what we plan for, and that is to retire or to make work optional, to be financial independent. And a lot of great analogies to a lot of the travels that David has done uh, around 75 different countries, six, six different continents, mountain climbing and all kinds of things. So I want to recommend the book. Again, it's Failure is Not an Option. A lot of great stories. Uh, we ended one just talking about uh, this so uh, this old car that David had called uh, Peaches. You'll like that story. And uh, David, one thing I mentioned to you uh, in our last conversation is at the beginning of each chapter, you have a quote from somebody. And uh, in your book in particular, I felt like uh, all the quotes were excellent. Uh, they were they seemed to be uh, they caught my attention uh, and they they got me thinking. And uh, uh, one of the ones um, that what we're going to talk about today is in the middle of your book. You actually mentioned there's eight risks, eight risks that people have to make sure they don't fail. And there's no reason to fail in the second half of life. There's no reason to fail on your way down the mountain, which is the most treacherous part, which is the most dangerous part, which is the part that most people have the most accidents on in mountain climbing. And we said it's the same with retirement planning. And there's eight risks in the book. We're only going to cover uh, maybe three of them during this episode. But uh, why is, why I guess, why is addressing these risks, you know, so important? Yeah, because they're inevitable. Uh, and a lot of people don't plan for them. And as we had discussed, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail right. in, in our opinion. Right. Uh, and there are certain risks that are, um, that take on, uh, more of a serious nature in the distribution phase in those years of financial independence, when you're living off your, uh, living off your 401ks and IRA. Right. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Uh, they are inevitable. So it's like we're, we're not talking about risk that, that may happen. These are risks that happen to everybody. And so 
uh, the, what you do with all risk is that you you have a plan for them and you get ready for them, uh, which is really what uh, what this book is all about. Failure is not an option. I mentioned a second ago when I was I was going to get to this is at the beginning of chapter five where you start addressing these risks. There's a quote by Michael Altshuler that says, "The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot." So, in other words, I mean, the bad news is that there are these risks, and the good news is you're the one in charge of how you deal with them. Yeah, it's having that philosophy that Zig Ziglar used to always say, if it is to be, it is up to me. We really do control our own destinies. Right, absolutely. And so, um, and some of the risks that you address in here, you know, during this, I guess, you know, the fragile risk zone, you call it, when uh, things are... Uh, well, you really can't afford to make a mistake. Uh, and that's at the beginning of the journey, you know, on the way down on the mountain and the way, uh, you know, after you leave employment and you're you're independent. And so I know one of the big risks that we talk about is inflation risk. That's one of the big, uh, the big risks that you talk about in the book. What do you want to tell us about inflation risk? Uh, you know, what is it? What, what can people do about it? Yeah, I would guess that your clients are bringing that subject up a lot lately. Yes. And in fact, we brought it up uh, last episode. We did uh, during this season, people can go back and listen to one of our episodes uh, on inflation. We did, uh, I believe it was episode three of this season. We did a whole uh, deep dive into inflation, but uh, we'd love to hear your take on it and and what your thoughts are there. Yeah. So, you know, as uh, you had alluded to is in this book, Failure is Not an Option, I tr- my intention was to make financial planning fun. So I start each chapter with one of the more riveting travel stories from traveling around the globe that leads into a financial lesson. And one of the the more fun stories was uh, being in Vietnam in 1993, which was before President Clinton opened up the the ban, the trade ban. So just being there wasn't legal. So I couldn't have them stamp my passport. Mm. And I talk about what it was like to be there. Uh, It was nerve wracking from my perspective. Um, not knowing what to expect because tourism hadn't opened up mm-hmm. yet. And uh, and it was interesting because uh, most of the Vietnamese people um, hadn't seen a Westerner since the war ended. <laughs> and right. uh, it was one of the most surreal experiences of my life that uh, an hour later— right. You talk about an adventure and a risk taker. <laughs> an, an hour later, um, they were filming this. Uh, the Koreans were filming a movie, a documentary on the Vietnam War, and they saw me— and the next thing I knew, I was outside of the Rex Hotel where Dan Rather and all the news interviewers were sta- staged during the war. And I was in this movie and uh, all the, the the thousands of people behind the ropes didn't know whether I was a, a famous right. American general or a movie star. So. That is unbelievable. Honestly, you can't make this stuff up. I, I remember reading that story. It's like, this is unbelievable. This happened. So that story I used to lead into a lesson on inflation. Um, the, the next day was my first full day in Ho Chi Minh City, formerly Saigon. And I went to the ANZ Bank, the Australian New Zealand Bank. And back then we traveled, of course, with traveler's checks. And I took out a $100 traveler's check. And inflation that year in Vietnam was 37%, wow. which had – which had retracted from 200% just years earlier. And so $100 equated to over 2 million Vietnamese dong. Wow. And and the largest or the smallest note they had was a 1,000 dong note. So I'm walking out of the bank with over 2,000 bills in a paper (laughs) supermarket bag. Oh, no. 
And and what that did is really uh, it was an eye opening experience um, on inflation. And even though places around the world see crazy inflation, I mean Zimbabwe had over two thousand percent inflation just several years ago. Uh, Venezuela is experiencing that now. Um, it goes back to the law of averages, as we discussed on uh, in your last previous episode. Mm-hmm. And um, do you remember what inflation was, say, around 1980 here in the United States? Right. Was it 9% or higher? It was actually hovering at over 13%. 13%, okay. That means mortgage rates were at 13%. You were getting 13% in the, in the money market. Right. Um, and And what the three of us do for our clients is help give them perspective. Mm-hmm. And so what we care about is that law of averages. We've had years where there's no inflation or stag inflation where prices go down. But even though we've had above 13 percent, we've mm-hmm. had many years at seven, eight, nine percent, we know that inflation in the United States always averages between three and four percent. Right. Yep. And so that's uh, it's really helpful for, uh, you know, when we're thinking about six or seven percent inflation. Um, a lot of younger people have never experienced that. So understandably, uh, they're feeling apprehensive, yeah. apprehension, but in reality, this is the well, norm, the ups and down with the inflation rate. Absolutely. And it's like we talked about, uh, before, you know, our favorite four words, it's different this time. And that, and that's the way people feel a lot about inflation. It's like, all of a sudden you have some, you know, maybe some, you know, thirties or 40 year old, you know, professional clients who think, oh boy, inflation because now that's all they're hearing about. It's like we talked about, uh, you know, watching the news and hearing. So if every day everyone hears about uh, hundreds of points that the stock market went up or down or inflation, 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 people get worried about it when they don't even know if they should be worried about it. And like you said, yes, inflation, just like stock market volatility is a reality. It happens. Sometimes it's high. Sometimes it's low. Sometimes, but over time, over your lifetime, it's going to be somewhere between three and four percent. That's been the average since I believe like 1919 in the United States, three to four percent per year, even though, like you said, some years, maybe some decades uh, could be really high. Right. Now, here's the thing that we all need to be aware of listening out there is even at three and a half percent inflation, when you're planning for your retirement, it could have detrimental impacts that, you know, the both of you are helping your clients plan through. So for example, let's say you have a 40 year old who's working diligently, putting money away into their 401k and IRAs. And their goal is, you know, I want to retire at age 60 in 20 years on a hundred thousand dollars net of taxes. So that's a great goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at three and a half percent inflation, the cost of living doubles every 20 years mathematically. Right. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So what that means is the day that they hit their financial summit, they have to have enough money accumulated to take out two hundred thousand dollars to buy what a hundred thousand dollars buys today. Yep. And if they are now on the top of their financial summit, they're 60 years young. And now 20 short years later, they're 80. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need to take out, because the doubling of that 200000 is going to be in full effect, they're going to need to take out $400,000. Right. right. And as we lead on to one of the next risks of longevity, people right. living longer, which we'll discuss, yep. let's say they live to 100. Uh, because yeah. my uh, Heather, in my life, her grandmother recently passed away at 106. Wow. And yep. the crazy the crazy thing is, is if if we do live to near 100, that 
400,000 will double again to 800,000. Yep. That's amazing. Really, it's a great way to look at it and think about it. And so, um, like you said, it, it's it's a thing that happens, you know, no matter, you know, we can't stop it. It's a risk that's there. It's going to happen to all of us. And, and how do you plan for it? And so to me, you know, I agree. I mean, all financial plans, especially when you're doing income planning for the future, has to, you know, you know, consider the impacts of inflation. Your income needs need to be adjusted for inflation in the future. That's one and the other thing too is I think it really leads to the fact of people even in retirement can't just take all their money and get safe with it because you pretty much wake up every year um, and you start with a minus three and a half percent. And so you have to at least be keeping up with that just to break even. And so I think one of the biggest things that people do a lot of times in retirement is they tend to get safe with all of their money. But uh, but I think that people need to continue to have their money invested for growth, even while they're on the second half of the journey. Don't you think? I couldn't agree more. I mean, one of the riskiest places to keep a, a lot of money for an extended period of time is cash. Uh, right. You know, last year with inflation hovering at you know six seven percent, um, you're guaranteed, like you say, to wake up on the first day of the year and know that you're going to lose six to seven percent of your purchasing power. Or on a normal year, three and a half percent. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, interestingly enough, I when I was telling that uh, that story about how the forty year old needs one hundred that doubles mm-hmm. to two hundred and four hundred and eight, I I was giving a talk uh, at a dental conference, and one of the doctors must have had a negative experience, unfortunately, with a financial planner. And, and he said to me out loud or said to the group, he said, this is nonsense that it, I'm going to need $800,000 mm-hmm. at age 100. And I said to the gentleman, I said, I said, doctor, with all due respect, I would bet anything that you spent more money on your last automobile than your parents spent on their right. first home. Yeah, no question about it. How much did your parents spend on their first home, Paul and Steve? Right. I, you know, I want to say, I mean, I don't know why I want to say like $16,000 or something ridiculous. I mean, yeah. 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 I usually go around the audience and say, how yep. much? And I ask that same question. I hear 13,000, right. 16,000, even $40,000. Uh, you don't get much of a car these days for right. $40,000, unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. No, that's excellent. And so, but it also kind of leads into another risk that I want to talk to you about today. And that is interest rate risk, because a lot of uh, clients that maybe get, you know, closer to retirement years or in retirement tend to try to get, you know, safer with all of their assets. And we're not saying they shouldn't get safe with some, but all of it, because you have cash, which I think really bears the inflation risk. But then you also have bonds or fixed interest rate types of investments that have another risk interest rate risk. And and that's another big one right now. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Well, as we all know, the Fed just this week announced that they will be raising interest rates officially for the first time in years. They've been artificially held so low. And this is going to happen in March. And the main purpose for this is to really um, try and minimize the inflation risk that Mm -hmm. we just spoke about. Right. And uh, there are pros and cons to everything in life. And that includes when interest rates go up and down and they because they've been so you know, artificially low for so long, I mean, I was able to buy a new house last year and lock in a 2.85% 30-year mm. fixed mortgage. What right. a beautiful thing. That's beautiful. Uh, and yet, if you have savings, what kind of returns are we getting in a savings account? You know, you know almost nothing. Right. Um, and it's had a detrimental impact on insurance companies, which is a whole other subject matter. That's right. Um, however... Uh, the three of us realized that you do need in retirement stocks in your portfolio to yeah. live well. 
but you also need bonds historically to sleep well. And it's finding mm-hmm. that balance, right? Right. And the analogy that I like to use is, uh, you know, for those people out there that enjoy drinking alcohol, most of them do not drink hard alcohol straight. So they add a mixer. Right. And the mixer to portfolios for the last 40 years that has been the most tasty have been bonds in our portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, bonds historically have reduced risk. Right. Um, and right now we're scratching our heads saying, huh, is that the best mixer? Right. So looking at bond alternatives, because the writing's on the wall, I know I don't like to prognosticate the future because I usually get it wrong. Right. But the writing is on the wall that bonds are, are not going to be performing too well, at least over the next five years. Absolutely. I agree. And it's like Yogi Berra said, and you put it in your book, it's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. (laughs) <laughs> Yogi had, how did Yogi come up with all I know, stuff? it's unbelievable. <laughs> Seriously, between him and Mark Twain, I don't know, man. They're both incredible. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I think that's a great point. It's like, I do think that people need to start looking at bond alternatives. You know what I mean? If interest rates do go up, then the value of those bonds, you know, will go down in value, especially, you know, in the short term. And so, you know, something to start consider, especially if we're at, like you said, we're historically low interest rates and there's kind of a, you know, a long way for them to go up over a long period of time here, especially if inflation, uh, you know, really kicks in over the next uh, several years. Absolutely. And that just leads back to why it's so important to have a plan in place that takes all these moving risks into motion and and you plan for it. And that's how you get through the challenging times. Absolutely. And then, uh, of course, then there's longevity risk. I look at longevity risk and, you know, we, we, we like to call it here, you know, the risk multiplier. Uh, you can name any risk. There's interest rate risk. There's inflation risk. There is uh, long-term care risk, uh, you know, the sequence of returns, all these risks, but one risk makes all of them potentially more dangerous, and that is longevity, you know, living a very long time. And so you want to talk a little bit about uh, longevity risk. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because of all the advancements in medicine, um, we're not only retiring earlier in general, but people are living 10 years longer plus mm-hmm. than what the previous generations did. Uh, and so this needs to be planned for. You know, I look at uh, a gentleman I know who's in his mid 80s, uh, Ben, and he always says, graying means playing. And <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good. Ben, <laughs> I resemble Gray that remark, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any hair left. Right, exactly. Gray, it's not yeah. fair. You and Paul have the same uh, hairstyle, but uh, some of us that still uh, have hung on to it here, yes, graying means playing. I'm going to use that one. Well, you know, as Paul knows all too well, there's a few perfect heads in the world yeah. and the rest have hair on them. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So uh, Ben traded in his rocking chair years ago for a stand-up paddleboard. Mm. And he is 84 years young. Mm. And when I think about that Hallmark greeting card sold over 75,000 centenarian cards, 100th birthday cards wow. last year. You got to begin scratching your head. And I mentioned that um, my partner Heather's grandmother recently passed away at 106. Right. Um, yeah. So people are living longer and longer, and we need to plan for this because keep in mind that in our previous story, that that person who's 40 now will the cost of living is going. He's going to need yeah. the difference between age 80 and 100 goes from 400 to 800 thousand. 
right. we need to plan for that now. Absolutely. And I love that you keep coming back to a plan. That's uh, that's what we always tell our clients here. You know, financial peace comes from having a plan. Uh, you could sit here and watch the news every day. You could just sit here and hear about inflation and uh, interest rates rising and uh, stock market volatility and just either, you know, live in fear or get a plan which, which addresses these risks. You don't, really don't have a plan unless you've addressed the risk. And so uh, there is a way to deal with them so you don't have to live in fear. You can enjoy life even in your 80s. Uh, like you're talking about in 90s, like people are living longer and staying healthier. So it's exciting to be able to do that. But the whole goal, obviously, is to make sure you have planned. They're going to talk a little bit more that, uh, about that. But I want to remind everybody, we're talking to David Roselle, uh, davidrosell.com, R-O-S-E-L-L.com. He wrote a book that we're talking about here, Failure is Not an Option. I recommend, uh, you know, finding a copy of this book, getting a copy of this book, and then, uh, um, a lot of great stories, you know, travel stories that he uses in the book to relate to all these uh, financial principles. And uh, David, on the subject of longevity, I just want to get into, you know, uh, to close out our podcast today, talking about, you know, when it comes to distribution planning, uh, there is basically a, a hierarchy of needs and how, how people plan for withdrawing their money during these years, um, you know, to, to handle longevity. You, you want to talk about that for just a little bit? Yeah. Well, most of us, uh, no matter what our careers are, uh, ended up having to take some kind of psychology 101 class back in the day. Mm -hmm. And if so, we would have learned about one of the leading philosophers, uh, psychologists of the time, Dr. Abraham Maslow, mm -hmm. back in the 1940s. And do you remember his hierarchy of needs? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Maslow shared that one one's needs are predetermined in order of importance. Yes. And the more advanced needs only come into focus once the lower needs are met. So mm -hmm. he would talk about at the base, you need you need food and clothing yep. more than anything. And and you can't think of anything else in life if you're if your belly's hungry. Right. Um, and once you take care of that need, you get to go up the hierarchy. And the next one would be shelter. Mm-hmm. Because you can't think of shelter unless uh, you have a satiated stomach. Right. And then once you think of, of getting your shelter covered, you could then think about relationships and love. And then from there, your self-esteem. And if you do all these in order, he coined the phrase, you become self-actualized. Yeah. I remember. Yep. So our goal is to get our clients in the distribution phase of their life financially self-actualized. Mm -hmm. And it's a simple way, but some of the greatest formulas in the world uh, are the simple ones. And it right. really helped us get our clients through markets as severe as 2008. Yep. So in a nutshell, this is what, what we do, um, Paul and Steve, is mm -hmm. we take a look at one's core expenses, which are considered the necessities in retirement that no one could do without. So we're looking mm -hmm. at food and clothing, housing, transportation. Yep. insurance, taxes, healthcare. And I'm a firm believer that with all the inevitable risks that we just touched upon, that these core expenses must be guaranteed for life, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. I don't care where the guaranteed income source is coming yep. from, but when you're able to tell someone that those necessities are guaranteed for life, whether it's coming yep. from social insecurity, a pension, or guaranteed income sources that yep. you're able to help your clients with. Um, it, it's amazing because there's so much out of our control, whether it's interest rate risk or a trade war with China, a nuclear war with North Korea, whatever's going on, to know that those necessities are covered 
is magical. Absolutely. You could not agree more to find out what that number is and make sure that number is guaranteed. No one should live in retirement worried about whether or not there's going to be food on the table. You know, the real estate taxes are going to be paid. Uh, There's just an incredible amount of peace of mind knowing that all the basic, you know, income needs are going to be covered with no market risk, regardless of any of these things we've talked about already. Yeah, 100%. So I think it's important, like you said, to, you know, to make sure there's a process of obviously finding out what that number is, but making sure that number is covered. Absolutely. And let's also face it that, you know, our clients aren't working so hard on a day-to-day basis just so they can cover their necessities. They want to have joy in their life. So as we go up that hierarchy, the next bit of joy expenses would be things like travel. We all, many, many people like to travel in this stage of life. And we have different hobbies and entertainment and gifts is a code word for grandchildren. And I don't believe that, you know, we need to have guarantees for this Mm -hmm. part. And this is where we like to take a portion of their portfolio that's going to cover the play checks of their life. And, And this can be in diversified portfolios that are the least costly out there that are rebalancing all the things that you're teaching your clients about uh, and so yep. up. And then, you know, you know, some people are done from that point and they're, they're happy, but then you could go up the hierarchy and there's goals like education for grandchildren or that mm-hmm. vacation home yep. and then legacy. Yep. How do we transfer the estate to our heirs? And, and as Maslow would say, if we do all these in order and do them properly with your help, mm-hmm. um, the clients get, financially self-actualized. Yeah, I think that's a great, great analogy and a great way to handle um, a lot of the risk, uh, you know, especially longevity. And so, you know, from our perspective, our clients will be used to hearing, you know, living expenses and lifestyle expenses. We, we, we separate those out like you do between core expenses and joy expenses. Uh, that's the way you put it in the book. We put it as living expenses, what you have to have just to live on and then uh, what you'd like to have come in from a lifestyle perspective and then choosing how you want to, to fund those. Um, you know, how much guarantees do you want to have on your living expenses? How much guarantees do you want to have on your lifestyle? Uh, we found that some clients do want to guarantee even their lifestyle in retirement, not just their living expenses, or maybe they want to, they're willing to take more risk with, with that part of it. But I think going through and making sure you go in order, like you said, uh, definitely gives, uh, you know, peace of mind and, and just, and having the right perspective. And I think it comes down to, you know, everything that we talked about, you know, last episode and this one, and that is uh, working with someone who has experience, someone who has perspective and really um, putting together a plan. Um, I, I don't think there's anything more important than that. Yeah, I, I'll go as far as saying that I believe that one a person choosing their financial planning team might be the most most important professional relationship in their life besides the doctor if they're ill. Right. Yep. There's no one that's going to make more of a positive impact on their lives and be there to hold their hand on the way up. Yep. And then just as importantly, if not more importantly in the distribution phase, hold their hand on the way down the mountain. So they get to the end of their life, living the life they've imagined and never outliving their resources. So true. Uh, we're talking to David Roselle. Uh, David, I'll throw one more at you here from uh, from the book. It, it was another quote. Like I said, I really enjoyed all your uh, quotes you put at the beginning of each chapter. The one I'll close with is this one from uh, chapter six. John Roper says, hit the ball over the fence and you can take your time going around the bases. Oh, isn't that a beautiful quote? It's a beautiful <laughs> quote, man. I just thought it was awesome just because it makes a to- whole, whole lot of sense. You know, hit the ball over the fence, get the plan in place, and then enjoy it. 
Yes. And, and that's really what your book is about. That's what your practice is about. And and uh, I've enjoyed learning about you and, and your practice and your life. And it seems like that's what your life is about. David Roselle wrote this book, Failure is Not an Option. It's an outstanding book, great stories, great principles uh, about financial planning and retirement planning. You can uh, find more information about David at davidrosell.com, R-O-S-E-L-L.com. And uh, David, really appreciate being on the show. We look forward to hearing uh, about your uh, new book when it comes out. I was glad to hear you're writing another one. Yeah, yes. Uh, there's a, a, a book, uh, I'm working on the third book right now, but there's a, a book that I wrote for my clients, children and grandchildren, and it's yeah. called Keep Climbing, okay. A Millennial's Guide to Financial Planning. Okay. Well, I appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, I'll have to check that one out and uh, might have to have you come back here on another, uh, another show sometime and talk about that. But uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us uh, on, on this podcast today and also the previous one. Stephen and Paul, such a pleasure. Keep up the great work that you do for your clients. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, it's been great having you on, David. Uh, not only it sounds like you went probably to the same school of wisdom for financial planning that Stephen went to, uh, just like you've gone to the same barber that I go to. And so uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, been, right. it's been great, uh, great having you on here. You know, I know as we talked a lot about risk today, uh, you know, we've gone, we've taken a deep dive even in season one early on about some of the risks that are unique to retirees or people heading into retirement. But the plan is the key because you really don't have a plan unless it addresses unless it addresses all the risks that you face. And so planning is the key. And certainly appreciate the work that you do out there in Oregon, David, uh, Stephen, the work that we do here at Wise Wealth. Uh, it, it's critical and it's needed. And so uh, thank you, Stephen, for having this uh, guest on with us. Uh, look forward to hopefully connecting with you again in the future, David. So that sounds great, Paul and Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And lastly, you know, our thank you, our last thank you really goes to you, the listening audience. Uh, you're the reason we do this, and we wouldn't be here without you. Thank you for tuning in to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you haven't subscribed yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, he'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and families. This one, the one before, definitely want to make sure you share with people that you know. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Paul Brock reminding you that financial peace comes from having a plan. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wise Wealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.